Our first scripture reading today is from the first letter to John, um, chapter 3, verse 7, verses. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When He is revealed, we will be like Him. For we will see as He is. We will see Him as He is. And all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that He was revealed to take away sins, and in Him there is no sin. No one who abides in Him sins. No one who sins has either seen Him or known Him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as He is righteous. Our Gospel lesson is from the 24th chapter of Luke, starting at the second part of verse 36. Jesus Himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving. And still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may our words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? These are the questions Jesus asked a room full of frightened disciples. They thought they'd seen a ghost. Well, who could blame them? Last week, I was watching, as you may have, the final round of the Masters Golf Tournament. But I could not help recalling the only time I have ever been a double palm bearer. Because on the other side of some of the fencing of the Augusta National Course is a cemetery with the same look. Rolling hills, tall pines, very green grass, and blooming 
beautiful azaleas. Two young sisters had died in a car crash and I was called to help carry them both to their graves. And years later I encountered someone who was at that double funeral where the Episcopal priest kept stumbling over she and changing it to they. There was nothing in the book for that. Well, this person who had been at the funeral professed to have seen each sister's aura arise and ascend at that cemetery. I always said it must have been red, it's a color I don't see, because I, sure, I didn't see that. I didn't see anything that looked like an aura or a ghost. I saw a grieving family. Well, the time, I, I'll tell you, the time I thought most seriously about ghosts was when my Johnson grandfather, T.C., when he died. It was in the 60s, and back then the practice was for the deceased to be laid out at their home. Mm -hmm. So the dining room table was moved out, I don't know where they put it, and replaced by my grandfather's casket. Well, when bedtime came, the casket was closed, and everyone went to their assigned place to sleep. Well, the problem was there was a lot more family than there were beds. So my assignment was on the living room sofa, 10 or 15 feet from my dead grandfather. Well, I don't know, somehow when his house was built, when they turned out the lights, it wasn't dark. It was very, very dark. John Hartford has a song where he says, darker than the inside of a cat. And that's how dark it was. You couldn't see, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. So I was awake a while. I had what Andy Griffith would call a real good thing. I thought about my situation. Well, after a while, I concluded that I really didn't believe in ghosts, at least not like that. And even if my granddaddy had a ghost around, I didn't need to worry about that either because he was my buddy. And then I got to sleep. Well, nonetheless, you can see how when the disciples, when they encountered the risen Christ, they were startled and terrified, thinking they might be seeing a ghost. And they didn't think about him being their buddy. Well, that's when Jesus asked them those two questions. Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your heart? Well, you and I, we may never have seen a ghost before us, I know. But surely, surely we have been frightened and we have certainly had doubts arise in our hearts. How come? What frightened you? What's provoked doubts in your heart? Well, the disciples feared that, like Jesus, they might also be tortured and crucified and agonizing death. They were hiding in fear for their lives, but also in mourning for their dead friend and leader. The one that they had such high hopes for and now cruelly taken from them. For several years, they had followed Jesus down many dusty, dusty roads. But with their leader gone, they were adrift like a, like a sailboat with no wind. Their lives had lost motivation, meaning. They were in despair. 
fear and trembling, doubt and depression. Those things come with a sense of a life that's lost direction. A world so chaotic is not even close to understandable. All of that can lead to doubt. Doubts about ourselves, our future, our children's future, even our country's future, even our planet's future. With pandemic raging over the last year and variants continuing to spread, with 45 mass shootings in this country in the last month, with hostile nations saber-rattling that could lead to war, with devastating epidemics of drug addiction and all the horrible suffering that brings, addiction brings to families and to communities, with civil unrest on the streets of cities, with constant warnings about and evidence of climate change. With all of this, it's easy. It's really easy to feel overwhelmed, to feel that our problems are huge and our resources are puny. We can feel like the spies who reported back to Moses after scouting out Canaan. You remember they sent 12 spies to check out the promised land. And we read that they brought to the Israelites an unfavorable report of the land they had spied on, saying, the land we have gone, the land we've gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw it, they're great size. And to ourselves, we seem like grasshoppers. And so we seem to them. Our problems can seem like giants. And we can feel like grasshoppers. No wonder we are plagued by fear. So what does the Bible say about fear? Well, in the book of Isaiah, God says, Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be afraid. I am your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you with my victorious right hand. Well, those words might sound familiar to you because we've sung them a lot in that second verse of that great hymn, How Firm a Foundation. In his second letter to Timothy, Paul wrote, God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Or in the first chapter of the book of Joshua, we read that God commanded, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. But he didn't just say, don't be scared. He told them why. For the Lord your God is with you and wherever you go. We need to affirm with the writer of the 27th Psalm, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. When we are frightened, when our doubts are grave, it helps to remember the words of Paul <clears throat> who wrote to the Romans, Assuring that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing 
and separate us from the love of God. Not your doubts, not your fears, not any power, not anything. As the first couple of questions in a 16th century catechism, it's a document that's part of our denominations, uh, Confessions of Faith says, what is your only comfort in life and in death? The answer is that, that I belong body and soul in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who at the cost of His own blood has fully paid for all my sins and has completely freed me from the domination of the devil, and that he protects me so well that without the will of my Father in heaven, not a hair can fall from my head, even, indeed, everything must fit his purpose for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. The second question in that catechism is this. How many things must you know that you may live and die in the blessedness of this comfort? Three. First, the greatness of my sin and wretchedness. Second, how I am free from all my sins. And third, what gratitude I owe to God for such redemption and for freeing us from all our sins to live abundantly trusting our Lord and Savior with grateful hearts, we say, thanks be to God.